0: This episode is brought to you by Notorious Fire Company. Firefighter owned and operated, Notorious Fire Company manufactures and creates quirky and unique items for the fire service. Whether it's your stainless steel water bottles, tumblers, four-in-one koozies, you can decorate your emotional support water bottle with more than 100 different designs. They offer so very much, from apparel to swag to stickers, they got you covered. Check them out at notoriousfire.com. That's N O T O R I O U S, notoriousfire.com. And check them out on social media Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Notorious Fire. And this month with the podcasts, if you use coupon code Fire Radio June 2023, that is Fire Radio June 2023, you'll get free shipping on all orders within the U.S. So check them out, NotoriousFire.com. Lenny and the crew, they're making great stuff. And I have to tell you, with the summer upon us, the sticker packs are out of control. You got everything from Star Wars to pinups and everything in between. Slap them on your beer fridges, your coolers, and your tumblers and celebrate the summer in style with Notorious Fire. A good supporter and longtime friend, we're happy to have him on the podcast with us. Check him out, NotoriousFire.com and coupon code June 20 23 for free shipping all across the U.S. As platform today, Jason Jeffrey, a firefighter out of Georgetown, Texas, 17 years in the business, 13 years with Georgetown. The man's a tiller, man. We're going to talk a little bit about that because that's something that I have not done in my career other than around the training ground once or twice, but I never have had the opportunity to operate in that capacity, so I'm very jealous of that. And this guy also loves training and conferences, and that's where we hooked up. And I'd love to just today welcome Jason Jeffrey to the podcast. What's up, brother? What's up, man? How are you, sir? I am fantastic. First off, the the sir thing, this, this southern charm of guys from Texas, man. Just so, so respectful, and I appreciate that. But there's no reason to call me sir, but I know you're going to do it throughout. Anyway. It's going
1: to happen if my mom... Uh, listens to this podcast and I don't say so 30, she's going to beat the hell out of me. So it's going to happen out of respect
0: for her. You know what? We need more of that. We need more of that now more than ever in this country. So listen, man, I appreciate that. And Mama Jeffrey, you've done a good job. So thank you for raising a good boy. So brother, <laughs> yeah, thanks she, Thanks for joining me, on. man.
1: Oh, oh, of course, for sure. The, the pleasure's all mine. And thanks for having me
0: absolutely so I it was funny right before I hit the record button I asked I said do you remember the first time we met and you're like yes and I actually have a story about it so I don't even I have to be honest with you I know we've we've uh crossed paths a couple times so I'm not really I don't remember our first interaction so I want to hear it and I hope I was I hope I did all right by you
1: oh yeah no 100 (laughs) percent. you were you you put something in my head that has not gotten out since it's been a feeling of mine forever but like you put words to it in the perfect time in the perfect place. And it it meant nothing to you, but to me and the young guys I brought with me to the Joey D conference down in Houston, dude, it was, it was knockout. And, and I can't thank you enough for doing it, even though you had no clue what you did.
0: What did I do? Um,
1: so w- w- I'll back up a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, I, Working at Georgetown Fire Department, a bunch of guys have been approaching me about going to these conferences and trainings and and how do I get in? How do I go? I'm like, well, just put in for training and and you can our department will send you. They have no issues. And so um, the Joey D thing came up and I had a bunch of people sending me. You got to go. You got to go. This is amazing. Um, And so I'm like, okay, put in. And I got accepted. And then two younger guys put in as well. And they have three, four years on the job. We roll in and walk out by the pool to the, the host hotel, and there sits Jeff Cool, Mr., Mr. D, um, Chief D, Mike, yeah. M- yeah, Mike Dugan, yep. yourself. Like, there's just a herd smoking cigars and drinking beer by the pool. <laughs> And we, and we walk out there and we're just sitting kind of back in the corner, like the little high school girls, just like, Oh my God, those are the, those are the guys. Holy, that's them. And we're just fanboying out from a distance. And then y'all walk by and say hello. And then we get invited to come sit down and we have a good conversation. Um, and, and you had just left at that point, but as you leave, my boy goes, Oh my gosh, that's National Fire Radio. There he is. That's National Fire Radio. And, and we're fanboying once again, a little bit more.
0: It's ridiculous. Um,
1: oh yeah, it, it really was. But that's, that's how much we love the job. Like, <laughs> like we'll get to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, God, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. and so if we go to dinner, we come back and someone had mentioned around the table, like, hey, come back to the back little conference room. We're having drinks and dinner that night. And at one point we walked around the corner and somebody kind of stopped us and goes, Hey, this is instructors only blah, 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 blah. And we were just like, Oh, okay. So we just kind of stood back looking and seeing all the cool people we like, you know, like you're, you're watching the, the pitchers warm up at Texas Ranger stadium. Like that's kind of what we felt like.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah.
1: yeah. And then we walked back, um, go eat, come back. And all of a sudden we go around that corner again, just to peek again, like, are they still warming up? And you came around the corner right at that time. And, uh, the guy I was with said hello to you and y'all started talking and you were like, go on over there. And we're like, no, that's instructors only. And you said, Hey, we're all firemen. Those are just firemen over there. You belong go. And that right there hit home. It, was, it brought it all in, and, like, no, we all are one big family. That's awesome. Like, it doesn't matter if they're famous on Facebook, Instagram, FDNY, L.A. County. Like, it does not matter. We're all firemen, and I can't thank you enough for just knocking that out of the park by Bro, saying one little statement.
0: I, if, if there's anything I can say, I mean, I, I firmly believe that, right? Because I'll tell you why. I'm the I'm the exact, exactly the same as what you're saying, and I've come to realize this, is that when I started National Fire Radio, everything was a cold call. I mean, we started something that didn't exist, and it was a new lane, and it was a new podcast and social media platform, and it and we had to just go for the ask. And what I've come to realize over the years is that regardless of who the the guys are, we're all firemen. And that's the commonality yeah. that we share. And so regardless of if somebody puts themselves out there to a national stage and shares their training and experiences and knowledge and, and pays it forward through training. It's no different than a guy that's willing to come take that training because we're all firemen and we're all trying to make ourselves better. And so there's that huge commonality. And I I don't think we should separate the pack. I think that the pack is stronger as a whole. And so even the, the top one percenters, the guys that travel the country that have the biggest names uh, they're, they're just like every other guy. And so don't be intimidated or afraid. And the most important thing, and I'm sure you learned over that weekend, was all those guys were super approachable and are willing to have conversations and, and just love the job together.
1: Oh, 100%. It was, and not one person in that group treated us like anything other than a fireman at their own fire station. Hell Yeah. And, and that it, it was, it was amazing. It was perfect. And I got two guys now at the fire station that won't shut up about it. And they're trying to get more people to go to these conferences. And I, hopefully half of our department goes to Joey D this year. Like it's, it was phenomenal. Gas and, on and, the fire, and, man.
0: If that's, yeah, if it, that's it was perfect, if that's what I can do with national fire radio is to promote the job and make the job better and a simple, and, and that's why too, I talk about this a lot where a simple interaction, your words matter. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. for me, I love to engage people. So like there there's I'm always willing to talk and and say hello and and have a conversation. But like yep. I could have easily walked around a corner and just said hello to you guys and keep walking, but like I wanted I wanted to meet you guys. I wanted to what's your story? Where are you from? Like that's what's important. And I think when you have the idea of what this job's about and the betterment of the job, that's what you're willing to do. And you know, if I can if I made an impact that day, I mean f- damn, I'm so happy that I was able to do that for you because now oh, you with did. with yourself and, and a couple other guys, like, that just sets the stage, man. And now what? They want to bring more guys back? I mean, that's just yeah. huge, you know?
1: Well, and, and I've noticed at my fire department that, no offense to the older guys, but I've really started focusing on these young guys and just their moldable, they're. I can make them what I want. And I, I hear it all the time going to these conferences like, oh, it's just my department has nobody that wants to do this. The the brotherhood is dead. You start hearing these things and, and like, wait, no, go to a conference and tell me the brotherhood's dead. I know it, it's not.
0: I know how passionate you are and I, I know how you know, so you're caught in that tug of war in a way too, right? Because you're in that middle age group, right? Where yeah. you have these impressionable younger guys that are looking at you as a very hands-on active, a guy that loves training and conferences and promoting the job. These kids are looking at you. And then you have the struggle of the older guys that are looking down at you saying like, hey man, slow it down a little bit. Like you're getting you're a little too aggressive, a little too excited, right? And so yeah, there's, exactly. that, there's that tug of war that you're dealing with. There are so many people in this fire service with the... 13 to seven, like you're 17 years in 13 in one department, that is that difficult position where you're being pulled in two very different directions. Typically.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's that borderline of like stepping up and starting to be a role model. And I still feel every day, like I'm the brand new guy, like, no, why are you following me? Like, stop, like I'm not the guy. Um, And I'm starting to slowly realize, you know, I'm starting to become the guy and in my whole life has been kind of like, I'm right at that age group that was too young and too old. So the old dudes like hated me and the young guys, like, I, I like to say this, I would, I grew up in the generation where I had TV and I would get my ass beat and then put in timeout. Yeah. So you, you, you find the parents that were just, You know, oh, now they only do time out and or I used to get my ass beat. I used to get both. I would go outside and play all day long. And then I'd come in and play video games at night. So I got to go out and do the whole thing of like, oh, all we ever did was play outside. Right. Like, yeah, so did I. And then I came in and I played video games all night. So I I grew up in the world of between the two generations of the two that are battling each other
0: yeah that's a unique position it really is translate that to know, the, translate that to the firehouse then well i mean you okay know,
1: I, I, yeah i i got old guys and i say old guys but you know senior men yep. um guys that have 20 30 years on the department and I, i'm heavily involved in our training division um i think that's where life's sat. we can go to there later but um that that is the job to me but I have the older generation that is so frustrated that a brand new guy doesn't know how to run a chainsaw, but they don't understand that these kids grew up in the suburbs and they didn't have the opportunity to cut down trees because their parents didn't own a hundred acre ranch. Right. And, and like, would we do the same? I, I explain to them all the time. Would we do the same? We had a guy we hired from New York and he comes to texas and we used to mow the grass at georgetown fire department and he didn't know how to run a lawn mower because he grew up in a concrete jungle that's right and never got the opportunity to we did not make fun of him the same way or look down on him the same way as we look down on these young guys that just purely didn't have the opportunity to run a chainsaw
0: it's a, ve- so, it's a very sh- good point go ahead
1: and, yeah so i'm just stuck between this of trying to get them to see this like hey this is a moldable young guy. I don't have to break bad habits with this young guy. Like y'all are looking at it as a negative because he knows literally zero, but let's look at it as the perfect opportunity to show him exactly how he should do this. And I don't have to break 15 years of cutting cedar trees down at his grandpa's house, swinging the blade all over the place.
0: <laughs> that's real, brother. That, that's Jason. That's awesome. That's really good. That's really good. So I yeah, mean, that, so that. you're being pulled. I mean, it's it's um, do you find that it's more of a battle? I mean, are, are, are you battling on a regular basis? I mean, is it becoming an everyday battle?
1: I think everything in life is an everyday battle. The fire service itself makes it very easy to be complacent and um and i don't mean that in a bad way like it, it, it just it just is what it is like the lack standards uh are what they are um but i think everything in life is an everyday struggle it's it's i'd rather lay in bed all day some days but no i gotta get up i gotta get my workout in i gotta you know get the girls off to school i gotta do the whole thing um but yeah. it, it's a battle worth fighting it it's definitely a struggle and I think at these smaller departments that are around me I'm in that perfect medium-sized department of around 150 guys okay um and these smaller departments around me just I find these guys struggling for leadership that gives them what they want and stuff like that and it's like hey man you can start the culture now just grab one person there's got to be one person in your department that you can lock arms with and say we're we're starting right here me and you and you start taking on the world that's and then before you know it another guy is locking arms with you then another guy oh and it just it breeds you know brotherhood
0: do you know what i you know what i realized we did that round table at joey d where we met and then the the last day we did a roundtable, uh, two sessions of the roundtable with different guests up on the stage, and I, I uh, myself and Rob, moderated it, and I thought it was a great back and forth. I we worked the crowd, right, walked the auditorium, yeah, uh, no, and and great. we had a bunch of rock stars on the stage, and it was a lot of back and forth. It was great, but do you know what? I the commonality, the theme that everybody wanted to talk about was everything other than tactics.
1: Yes. Which it's all it's always brotherhood lack of leadership yes uh what do i do it's never you never no one was asking mo davis like hey how do you make an interior attack no that's not the struggle that my generation is struggling with right now
0: i i'm just i'll be honest with you i'm just putting this together in my brain right now as i as i thought about that because i remember the back and forth and i remember i went off on a on a on a rant, right? The question was asked to the table and I didn't interject a lot of my own opinions, but when it comes to the generational gap, I I can speak pretty well on it because I've studied it for a long time and I, I know Mm -hmm. it very well. And, and I talk about it a lot, especially in the fire service and that bridging that gap between that young and old. And that's exactly what you're doing on a daily basis. Right. And so I get that. And I remember that one conversation came up about patience. And the importance of patience. And it has to be patience on both sides. The older generation needs to have patience with the younger guys, whether asking more questions or not knowing how to run that chainsaw from day one, right? Like there needs to be patience there. But then there also needs to be patience from the bottom up, meaning that that younger generation needs to exercise more patience and understanding that it takes time to make change. It's not that change exactly. isn't welcome or wanted. It just, it takes time. Things take time. And what we lack today, I think across the board is patience on from everyone.
1: Yeah. I, you, you nailed it on the head there. And it's, I blame the, the social media. I have such a love hate relationship with social media. It's a great thing for training and it's also a terrible thing for training um, all in the same sense. But It's that quick, the the younger generation, we've kind of already hit on the, the older generation, but the younger generation, they, they want everything now and everything needs to be immediate. I need to be able to swipe up and have a new video within one second and one second and new video and new video. And then they get to the fire station and they, they, they want everything right now. And like, Hey, this is a long game. The fire service and the career itself is at a long game yeah and and i didn't get this for myself i had you know giants like scott kleinschmidt tell me that one time of man i just put in a 30-year career when i joined and this is his words not mine he joined and it was all quints and you know fog nozzles and terrible hose loads and he goes i fought for 30 years and i just watched a truck engine concept roll out with smoothbore nozzles and a bunch of kick-ass firemen on these fire trucks and had the realization of i did not do this for me i did it for the generation coming up behind me nice and i think the young guys need to know that of hey this is not for you build the fire service for them
0: that is super powerful and then i and then i'm that guy that goes okay but, man, is that hard to do, right? It's hard to envision and understand that it's not about me, it's about the whole, right? And and that's why we have such a hard mission and, and, and an important mission to educate from the ground up, from day one, that this is bigger yeah. than the individual because society today now more than ever promotes the individual. And I think that's why we're losing in society on a lot of fronts because we're focusing too much on ourselves and not the collective good or the greater whole. Whereas the fire service lives or dies on that. And we need to, we operate independently on the fire ground, but as a team, you know, and then, yeah. And so we have to do a a much better job in, you know, talking about that. And I know for you, what's really important, which segues right into this is being all in hundred percent.
1: Oh yeah. It's that you, you have to be, when I say I love the fire service, I can't, I have no words to explain it that would accurately depict it. It is it is such a pride and passion thing that I have deep down inside me. That, that I, If I didn't have to explain things to my wife, I would have a huge sticker on the back of my truck that says, <laughs> I love firemen. And if it didn't send the wrong message, I would be all in on that. Because I do. I love firemen. I love the fire service. And you have to be all in. When you're me and you talked about this. Um, the second time we met was up in Dallas at, what were we at in Dallas?
0: The Gone to Texas? No. Gone to yeah, Texas. Yeah, that was the Gone to Texas conference. Yeah. Yeah,
1: okay. So we were at Gone to Texas, and I roll into the lobby once again with some cronies. And, and there you were. And after about two hours of me, you, Corley Moore, and a couple other guys talking, you turned and you said, Dude, can you, do you know how to turn this off? And not in a negative way, but you just said, man, you're, you're all in, you're doing the thing. And I, I don't know how to turn it off when I'm doing fireman stuff. I'm doing fireman stuff. When I'm putting my daughters to bed, I am putting them to bed 110%. When I'm working out, I am working out 110%. I don't know how to, I hate half-assing anything. Like if it's worth doing do it a hundred percent, especially in a job that is as dangerous as ours. You, you can't half-ass this. You're going to get yourself hurt and injured and possibly killed if you're not all in. And so for me, go for it, be all in. There's nothing wrong with it.
0: I love that, man. And, and me saying that to you was a way to identify what you are and your excitement. I mean, that's what that was. I'm like, Hey man, can you turn it yeah. off? Like, and you're like, no. 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 All
1: right. I can turn it off, but I have to direct it at something else. When yeah. I'm hunting and fishing, I am I am dude, I'm the most hardcore hunter and fisher you've ever seen. When I'm with my family, I I'm going for super dad. Like when they give me that shirt every year for Christmas that says world's best dad, I feel like I have to earn that every year.
0: Where do you get that focus from? Like where does that co- like in the firehouse, right? Like where did that from from the minute you stepped into the fire service, are you are you generational? Are you legacy? Or or did you? Are you the first no, one no, in your no. family?
1: No, no, first one. I I had a I had a granddad that was a chief somewhere in in Iowa, um, a great granddad that I never knew. I got a, a cool plaque of
0: his that says you <laughs> know cool.
1: fire chief. Yeah. but um, as, as realistically, no, I'm the first one. How
0: did you find yeah. your way? Um
1: man I was doing the baseball thing thinking I was going to conquer the world but turns out I was just really like the best player on JV um and so and then college was not working out I was working three jobs you know welding structural steel and then doing all kinds of odd jobs and I filled out an application when i was 17 years old to join the volunteers because my buddies did it that were a little older than me and they got this cool pager that when it went off they got to leave school and so i was all about leaving school so anything that would get me out of there Ed, you there good oh there's a bear outside you heard that how did you hear that because i'm amazing
0: no, I put it on mute. I don't know how that came through. Did I did it come through as a yell? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious. I put the I'm sorry, man. I muted it. It shouldn't have come through. <laughs> it's well, all hey, good. there's I mean, a bear in my bear front. There? Yeah, well, it's funny because they've been tossing my garbage cans and it drives me nuts and now oh, he just walked he just walked across my driveway. So, anyway, I was yelling to my kids and my wife to make sure they that's were
1: awesome. inside. Yeah, now I'm jealous. <laughs>
0: I can't believe that came through, man. I hit the mute button. That's wild. So everybody everybody listening to podcasts right now is gonna be like, what the hell was that? Anyway. What
1: is going on?
0: So yeah, so there's a black bear that oh, just walked yeah. through my front yard, across my driveway, and I think he just went across the street. So yeah, anyway, but they toss my garbage cans and it's getting it gets very frustrating. And uh, well, frankly, it pisses me off because then I got to clean up the garbage in the morning. And the problem well, is now, when- the,
1: now the bow hunter in me wants to come to your house.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you should see it. I have like I have like 10 pointers in my backyard. Oh, like beautiful. I'm not a hunter and I live in like suburbia, like 20 minutes outside of New York City. So like, yeah, you know that you can't the deer population here is out of control. And I have monster deer in the backyard and they bed down. I have like a family of like 10 that bed down in my yard like every night. And I don't well, I don't help you with that. I know right. <laughs> There's so many guys. I send pictures all the time from my kitchen window to guys and I go, "Look at this guy staring at me this morning." So anyway, yeah. I'm so sorry, yeah. man. I didn't mean to like totally derail this, but it makes, you know, it's funny. Anyway, no, that's good. Where I'm sorry, where were we?
1: And now I have no idea where we were. Shit. We were where the bear was.
0: No, I know that. Damn, that really messed up everything. So I apologize for that, brother. Um, no, I think we were we were going off on uh, being all in, and I asked you where it came from, and you said you were you joined the volunteers. You had a cool because you wanted okay, the cool yeah, pager, yeah. right?
1: So that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, cool pager allows me to leave school. Love leaving school. I'm all about it. Um, but then the fire chief told me he's like, "Hey, you got to be 18. I'll call you whenever we're gonna run a volunteer academy." I'm like, "Okay, cool, yeah." forgot all about it going back to work going back to college well my mom thinks i'm at college which i'm really not um but then one day my phone rings and he's like hey we're starting a volunteer academy and this is like a year later i completely forgot about it and i'm like okay started that and i mean the moment i walked into the door i was like oh yeah this is it like these are my people like i guess kids growing up you see your your favorite baseball player and you're like oh that's my team texas rangers is my team the Dallas Cowboys is my team. When I walked in the door, the fire service is my team. I am, I'm all in. I Love know that. all the players. I know all the, all the greats. I know the history. I know everything about the team of the fire service. Um, And, and I don't know where it came from. It just, it was in my blood.
0: That's like, that's awesome. That's, I mean, cause you're all in, right? So. That was it. And then let me so when you got all in on this thing and you bit, right? Yeah. Did it did it what about it got you just absolutely hooked? Like what did it did it disappoint at all?
1: Um I wouldn't say it disappoints. It's like when you love your wife, like there's just things that irk you about it. Got it. But you're never disappointed in her. Like, like, yeah, she slurps water weird, but I love her. And I love the fire <laughs> service the same way. And she doesn't, don't. she's going to listen to this and be mad. Yeah, no, I that's funny. You, yeah. She doesn't slurp water. No, but, I get it. I
0: totally you, you know it. what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Um, so, but, but
0: I mean, but you didn't, you didn't really have a lot of expectation then, did you? Because you didn't know no, really I, anything either, about I, we it, We right? go
1: help people. That's all I knew. Yeah. And then what I did notice is the people that were all in, did it very good. And I, as we spoke before, I, I don't like half-assing anything. Yeah, right. If, if I'm going to build a gate, I'm going to buy the good hardware because I've half-assed about 15 gates and realized that shit doesn't work. Yep. And so being all in and buying the good hardware, going to the right trainings, those are the guys I liked working with because they were good. And I hate losing with a passion. Like, and, and, and losing is a broad term, but like, being not good at the job to me is losing. Being mediocre at the job is losing. And so in order to not lose, I got to be all in. And I got to learn from the best of the best. Got it.
0: I love it. I, I, it's, I mean, that's passion. I, I think, too, is to recognize that early on that the guys were into the job. Guys that were into the job are good at the job. Yes,
1: 100%. Yeah.
0: What is it like when you bring these young kids to these conferences? What, oh man. Too. Oh. I know how yeah, no, I was going to say I know how important like um that that mentorship role is because I know, you know, where you stand in how much you love the job, so it's important to to pass that along. That just comes with the fabric of of being who you are. What is it like to watch those faces of those young kids that like Oh, okay, I should go to this. Like, I should try this. I'm into the job. Like, and then they get there, and and all it's like, holy shit! Like, what is that like to watch their faces and to get that feedback from them, or that car ride home, or oh f-
1: yeah, oh it's it's level ten. It, it's the it's the best part now that I'm I'm really enjoying is as you spoke before of me being in that that middle management, yeah, that that, that between two things, and and to take these young guys that have all the feelings that I had for the first four years of my career of just wanting more. Not that my department wasn't giving it to me. I just knew like there's got to be more to this. There needs to be another level for me. And, And I find these young guys struggling with that every day of like, hey, their officers are giving them everything they have. And them wanting more, I know where I can find that now. Go to Joey D. Go to these conferences, Lone Star Conference, the the Wichita hot, Yeah. go there and you're going to find what I found. And it's going to get you all in. um, And then to watch them bloom and they're going to be better than me because they were already close to me and now bringing them, they're going to learn and get better than I am. And that's what I want to see. I want them learning what I've learned and then going
0: out and conquering the world. And now you get to take that to the training division, right?
1: Yes. So I look at it as uh, in my department's phenomenal. They, they don't bat an eye now um, to send me anywhere because they know I'm coming back with knowledge and I'm going to give it to every member that will listen. Um, and so doing the hard work of spending time away from the family, going to a conference and then bringing it back. I look at it as I went as a dry sponge, I sucked up as much water as I could and I bring it back to my fishbowl and I just dump it all into my fishbowl. If you're not doing that, you're you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing the department a disservice.
0: Well, let me ask you this because I mean there's going to be a lot of people that are listening to this and going like, "Man, I wish I worked there." There's so many departments that don't value that external training. And guys that would love to go and bring it back, but a lot of jobs kind of poo it, if you will. They're just not into it, or they don't want to. They don't see the value in that, or we don't do it like that here, or we do it our way. You has has Georgetown always been that way of promoting better training by by sending guys out into the world and then coming back?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. They just like they're under the mindset. We kind of have a culture of let's go out and do it. There's definitely, I mean, we definitely have things that are just a certain set way as every department does of like, Oh no, we cannot change that. But I've noticed like even they can tell me no, a thousand times eventually <laughs> that I, I'm persistent and stubborn and I will go get more and more information until you're happy. The reason most departments and chiefs and heads are saying no is a little blow of their ego and also you're not giving them enough information. And sometimes it gets daunting of like, how much information do this guy need? I don't know how much that is. Go get more, go get more, go to more trainings, prove to him on a scene that this will work. Yeah. You may get your hand slapped a little bit. I, I get my hand slapped quite often, but then they, then they start to notice like, Oh, but it did work and nobody died. So
0: yeah, I mean, there, there's certainly something to be said for the ability to go out and learn from others in a in a administration that allows for that to happen and then for that to come back and to vet that information to see if it does fit into, you know, the operational uh, proficiency of your company or department. And I think, you know, if anything... That is the most important thing that can be done is to allow for external training and allow for another way of learning so that you can come to realize that there might be a better way or your way is better. And, and I think that's how we continually better ourselves and to allow for guys, especially backstep guys that, that aren't officers, that are willing to do more for a department, career, or volunteer to promote them and have them and give them the budget or the, or the abilities to go to external training and then to bring it back and hold them accountable to perform or put on what they've learned and to educate. And that's where Jason, that's where the big job though for you is like when you, when you digest all that at the conference and then you bring it home, you, you have to unpack that. And then you're like the salesman of it, right?
1: Yes, exactly. And, and I, what I have found going back to the the young guys versus the old guys is what you're fighting more often than not is old guys that got told no a lot when they weren't in leadership positions. Now they are in leader pos- leadership positions and they're doing it the way that they learned yeah. when they were being getting told no, and yeah. so they're just hanging on to that. And and you just need to do a better job of unpacking that for them, giving them the information and sometimes opening their eyes to that, like, Hey chief, I know y'all did it this way a long time ago. It's phenomenal and we love it and it works great. Just let's try to implement this little thing. Just let me show you and see what you think and, and let them make the decision. Don't force it down their throats, but just give them the information and let them digest it.
0: Yeah, that's good. So in the so you have those abilities and, and you know, you I think with your passion for conferences and training and so on, you're you're just the natural salesman to do that and to go out, digest it, bring it back. I I do love I talked about this with Rob not too long ago, where we talked about the excitement of seeing somebody's training divisions now where the guys that are in charge of them tend to be trending younger and they're putting themselves in that position. To uh, because they want to be there, you know. I I think the training. I think the training divisions for a long time were a dumping ground for guys that just had to promote through, or they had to sit there in order to get back out onto the street, and they didn't choose to want to be there. Um, And I think that affects the the overall program. I think when you have guys that want to promote to that uh, position, or guys like yourself that want to inject yourself into the fabric of the training division, because you know that you have a passion for it. That always translates through the teachings to the student. And so I think it's exciting these days to really see a lot of younger guys, mid range guys that are putting themselves into the training division to help build that next generation because you want to be there.
1: Oh yeah. And I I think, Another thing you can get out of conferences and trainings and and more where I've geared towards now, I'm not getting a whole lot of new strategies and tactics when I go to these trainings anymore. But what I've started gearing towards is I watch the instructors and there is some high level instructors out there. Just go take a nozzle forward class, the art of reading smoke, um, our buddy with tractor drawn aerials. There are some instructors out there that would blow your mind at how good they are, and just go to these conferences and watch them. And now I can, I'm, I'm more learning at conferences how to be a better instructor for my department.
0: That's a, that's a really good point. I, I like that a lot. I'm actually. Yeah, it, it's, it's a, new, a
1: new avenue that I'm going down, and it's, it has become awesome. I, I, I am so in awe of the ability. Of some of these guys, uh, a Sam Hiddle that can just take something that you know nothing about, throw a ton of knowledge at you, and how it actually sticks, and seeing how that works, man, that that's that's the job, baby.
0: That's cool. So, what excites you? I mean, I know training excites you. What about the job excites you? Like when you're when you're on your way into work in the morning, on your way out. I know you talked about being all in and all that, and we talked about that. But what what else? I mean, what's fueling What's fueling that internal drive to better yourself on the job and then to pay it forward? What's that push?
1: Um, I mean, the better I am, in, in the end of all this, the better I am, the more in that I'm in, the more training, the more guys in my department I get to buy in is better for the community I serve. So in the end, it's about them. It's not about how fucking cool I look when I high shoulder throw a ladder and do all the, the Instagram flippies with, you know, <laughs> tie. all that shit does not matter. We, I need to be all in for the citizens, and that's what gets me amped up is the thought of me, a, a house being on fire, me being first or second on, and seeing somebody hanging out of a window like I, I got to be all in for them. Like, it's not about me. It's not about, and, and for the guys that I'm with, but it, it's, it's about them and the guys.
0: Yeah. I mean, for sure. Right. And I, I think that's where we can't have any confusion. And I, I think the conversation has been getting skewed along the way. I mean, I, when I first started hearing about for them, I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, wait, it, it isn't that just said, like, that's how yeah, this that's works? I thought so. Right. But... Well, I, I, isn't that a little, I mean, I don't understand where that conversation had to start or, or where it comes from. I mean, I, I could me,
1: it's the safety culture. And, and I agree with it. Like, safety has to be a thing. But I think where we misjudge the whole safety side of things is- When we at fire academies, I don't know how it is up north, but down here, it just became a huge thing in the early 2000s on through now of like me first, then the crew, then the people. And I get the the side behind it of like, well, if I'm hurt, I can't help them. If they're looking for me, we can't help them. I get that. But I think we're misaligning this and where it comes, where I'm number one is the night before when I'm I'm well-rested and I'm hydrated. And then when I get to work that I'm well-trained, that's when I come first. I'm first and my crew's first at the fire station. But the moment that that bell rings and I got to go out, me and my crew and my crew will agree with you 100%, we're no longer number one. Whoever just dialed 911 is now number one. And all that stuff I did beforehand was putting me and my crew first. But now it's time for them.
0: This 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 is that balance, right? This is that focus that we talked about before about the focus on the individual and where we're starting to where the mission is getting lost, right? Because yep. we're we're promoting now more than ever self-care and taking care of yourself and focusing on yourself and it's yourself, it's yourself, it's yourself. Like and, and there is a place for that. And I think you just hit on it very eloquently, is that you know, your job when you take care of yourself and put yourself first is taking care of yourself and making yourself ready to perform, exactly. putting your putting yourself at peak performance, peak readiness, um, so that when called upon, it's time to go. The mission then takes hold.
1: Exactly. I think that's what they meant. I hope that's what they meant when they said you're number one, cruise number two. We just did a very piss poor job of explaining it. And, and I think that's a, a better way of putting it is like, Hey, the pregame and station life, 100% you and your crew are number one. The so man, when they dial 911, they need to be number one.
0: I'm writing that down. I think we need to explore that further. Just because when you, when you, when we unpack it that way, I think it makes a lot more sense than, than how it's been uh, put together. And I think that there's a lot of room for interpretation in the other method. But the way that you and I just spoke about it over the last few minutes, I think makes a lot more sense in regards to where that individual versus mission comes to play. Exactly. I love it. I love it. So what's next for you? What are you looking forward to? What? 17 years in this job. You got a long way to go, brother. What's yeah, the- no,
1: I'm sending it. I got hired at 21. I got a long way Oh, to that's,
0: that's fantastic, man. I love guys like that. I, you, have, you have a lifetime ahead of you. Um, and I have to think that your passion and love for it is only getting deeper and better as you, as you immerse yourself more and more.
1: Man, it really is. And I, and I got to thank guys like you and, you know, all, all the guys I mentioned in, in this um, talk. Like, I, I, none of this comes from me because I'm surrounded by giants. Um, I find that's the best place to find yourself is the small fish in the pond because like being the big man in the room feels cool for a little bit but you don't get any better being the big fish like when you're the guy that everyone's walking up going who are you that's where I find that my growth comes from I like being that small fish and I go I'm a nobody from nowhere hi nice to meet you and and just let it rock from there and next thing you know you're you're shaking hands with Mo Davis and Chief Thompson and these these guys you've looked up to and watched YouTube after YouTube after YouTube video. Mike Campo, you know the boogie down truck work guys, like everybody. And now I'm shaking hands with them. I'm that little fish, baby, and and let's see where I end up. And I still feel that way, and I, I can't can't, I can't help myself but be excited about that.
0: Well, wow, what certainly attracted me to you was your passion. And how you were a gentleman from day one. And that your love for the job comes through, man. And, you know, like I said to you that day, you mentioned it earlier. Hey, man, can you turn it off now? And I don't want you to. And I think that that's what this is all about. And that's why I wanted to have you on today. Because I just felt like you could connect with so many people. You are that guy that are being pulled, you know, in both directions on the job. And you're super passionate. And you're paying it forward. And you're doing it Right. And I just think that, you know, you got a you got a long way to go. And I think that's what's most exciting about this is that this is just the beginning for you, man. This is a this is an early chapter in your book.
1: Yeah, man, that's good. Let's keep let's keep writing a good one.
0: I appreciate you, man. I am so happy that you joined me today. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to share. I, I think it was an excellent episode and I think you had a lot to share today. So I thank you very much for jumping in and spending uh, 45 minutes to an hour with me today. And uh yes,
1: sir, I appreciate it. Let's let's do it again sometime.
0: Hell yeah, man. I appreciate that. So we'd love to. And uh, I thank you for always being a stand-up brother. I mean, you send me messages and you know, you you you're always throwing something out at me or whatever. So I appreciate that and just keep making this job better because you're doing a fantastic job with it. And well,
1: keep- well and I, I that that's why I keep sending things out to you is just Keep motivating you. You, you need to keep it up. Like the, the, this stuff is great. We love it. Man. Thank you, There's bro. guys like me out there everywhere that just love it. And we need you to keep going. So if I can keep you motivated, that'll keep them motivated. The I am.
0: Let me tell you something. 28 years in the fire service, I'm more motivated than I've ever been. And, let's uh, go. and I, let's and go, fuck yeah, man. And, and how, how can we not, right? Like I yeah, look at it this, this way, if I can make a difference or an impact or crossing, you know, crossing paths with you in the hotel lobby and just a simple, a simple conversation leads to something more, that's fantastic. Like that's yeah, what that's, we need to be doing. And we need to be doing a lot more yeah. of that. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Let go of your ego, go out, be the small fish in the pond and see where you end up.
0: I love that brother. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. I absolutely appreciate you. Good. Stay right here. I'm going to sign out and then we'll we'll chat for a few minutes off the air, but uh, thanks again, brother. I appreciate you being here. Yes, sir. Guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode. Jason Jeffrey out of Georgetown, Texas. He's that mid-range guy, man, being pulled in two different directions, and uh, what a great episode. Jay, thanks so much for uh, for your content today, and I appreciate you being here. And thank you to everybody that's listening. Please like, share, subscribe, share it, talk about it at the kitchen table. Get the conversation going, because when we talk about the job, we're making the job better. Anyway, we'll see you at the next one. Thanks for tuning in. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.